Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to another fantastic episode of the Business Creators Radio Show. My name is Adam Homey. I am your host, and I am honored by this opportunity and your wise decision to tune in and invest in yourself today. We help you win at the game of business and marketing so you can thrive from the intersection of your brilliance and your passion and serve the world from an overflowing cup. As the name says, our listeners are business creators. We have your entrepreneurs, small business owners, local business owners. We have the marketing and business coaches, consultants, and mentors. We have folks who help others create their businesses. And we have the do-it-yourselfers like to have your own hands on the levers. If you are one or more of the above, and many of our listeners who tune in every single week are all of the above, please take a moment, explore episodes, discover how we help you at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. Also, be sure to check us out on outlets such as iTunes. Be sure to subscribe. Every five-star rating helps us serve more business creators just like you. And and you will get access not only to fresh content every single week, but also you will get immediate access to over 250 episodes covering a breadth and depth of topics relevant to business creators just like you. So what we want to cover today, and this is the topic that's of interest to me. It's about building financial freedom as a millennial. Now, I myself am not exactly a millennial. I'm just a couple years older than a millennial, but I this is something I'm very passionate about because I think that millennials are not only misunderstood, but there's a lack of information out there to help millennials to become successful, whether it's in their careers or their finances or what have you. I myself am a contributing author to the international Amazon best-selling Journeys to Success, the Millennial Edition, which came out in November 2016. So this is something that I've written about, and this is something I've been very passionate about. So I'm very happy to cover this topic of how to build financial freedom as a millennial. And to guide us through that, I'm especially excited to introduce to you a gentleman named Diego Corzo. Now let me just tell you a little bit about him before we bring him on. He's a 27-year-old entrepreneur from Austin, Texas. He started working in corporate America and soon discovered that he was destined for more. And after realizing that way wasn't for him, Diego pursued a career in real estate. So now Diego's a realtor for Keller Williams alongside an incredible team, and he currently owns multiple properties both in Texas and in Florida. Diego's on a path to financial freedom and aspires to help others, especially millennials, become financially free and reach their full potential. What's exciting about this type of episode is we get to see how somebody who's actually in the trenches out there doing business creation, does it so that we have a model we can emulate. So, Diego, come on in. Welcome aboard. The weather's fine. Hey, Adam. Thank you very much for having me here. All right. So what I typically like to do before we dive into the, uh, you know, the top of what we're going to be covering is I like to take a little bit of a step back and give our audience a chance to get to know you a little bit as a person. I imagine some of our listeners have a separate browser tab open. They're looking up Diego Corzo, and they may have found his website, househackingclub.com. And you mentioned in your official bio, that great official bio we just read off, that you were working in corporate America and you decided you were destined for more. So perhaps with that as a starting point, just tell us a little bit more about your personal journey and above and beyond what we've already shared, what has brought you to the place where you are serving the world, serving business creators, serving millennials from the intersection of your brilliance and your passion? Yeah, well, thank you very much for, for having me here and also for reading my, my uh, 
a little bit about me in my bio. But for me, what actually, uh, what gave me the mindset that I have today, or I would say um, the tipping point for me was when I read Rich Dad Poor Dad when I was 21 years old. That's a book by Robert Kiyosaki. And that book basically um, taught me things that I wasn't taught at school, which was the two ways that you can make money, that you can either trade your time for money or make your money work for you. And ever since then, I knew that at some point I needed to build my wealth and and increase a passive income um, so that I can really be financially free. And in reading about real estate, I found out that I could do that that I didn't have to work till I was 65 years old so that I can retire. I figured that if I just get enough passive income um, that covers my expenses and maybe even more, that I will be financially independent and do what I wanted to do. But the main thing for me was that I was able to graduate college and I got a job working as a software developer with GM. Um, I had great income, so I was able to live below my means and be able to invest a lot of my money um, into real estate so that I can build that passive income. Wow, that's very good. And I think it's very exciting that you managed to find a way and set an example for those of us who want to experience more of that type of freedom. And real estate is in a market that is always rife with opportunities if you understand which side of the market we're currently in and how to leverage that. Mm-hmm. We let a few of these topics into Business Creators Radio every year because many of our business creators are looking for ways to invest their money, looking for ways to create their financial freedom. And even if they plan to keep doing what they're doing, to have that basis of another stream of income, which is great. So um, some of the things that we want to cover here is just a little bit more about your mindset and you explained to us you know what triggered you to think about building passive income it was reading rich dad poor dad which i think most of us have read and mm-hmm. uh now can i be ask another question here uh you, you studied robert kiyosaki as, as many of us have now other than that did you really start this on your own or did you have help or did you have a mentor to get you started with what you're doing with uh the way you built your financial freedom so I'm a big believer in having a mentor. And the, when I found out about Rich That Poor That, I was also at an event um, where I met the first teacher or the first person that introduced me to this mindset. His name is Adam Carroll. And he mentioned in his speech, it's like, you guys should be building a bigger life, not a bigger lifestyle. And having that quote, I began to like live my life like, like that. And I began to set goals. And, uh, and by setting goals, one of the things that, that I also was able to do is to surround myself with like-minded people. And I, at the age of 23 years old, I found myself in a room with 15 millionaires. Uh, and they took me under their wing. I told them a little bit about my story, uh, about what I wanted to, to, to achieve. And they took me under their wing, and now they've been my mentors in real estate and in holding me accountable to when, when I was wondering if I should quit corporate America and then to be able to build my portfolio. But I've been able to partner up with people, um, partner up with, my, with some of my friends, and also partner up with my, with my father. Um, so I've always had the mindset that 
it's better to at least have a little bit of, of equity or 50% of the equity rather than 100% of no equity. So the properties that I've been able to, to, to buy and stuff like that, I've either partnered up with friends and family, but definitely been able to learn from the mentors that I've been able to have. Well, fantastic. Now, uh, let's, has this been an easy ride for you? Have you had any bumps in the road? And if you've had any, what did you do about it? Yeah, so one of the things that, uh, that I didn't include in my bio was that I am a dreamer. I am a DACA recipient. Uh-huh. So okay. what you guys have probably seen in the news, um, I was born in Lima, Peru, and I, um, I came to the United States when I was nine years old. And unfortunately, my parents overstayed their visa, so I became undocumented. And it didn't really hit me until I turned 16 years old when it was my turn to get a, my, to be able to get a driver's license, just like all my friends. And that's when I found out that I couldn't drive, but I was still able to figure out a way to, like, to put all of my focus and energy in my schooling. And I was able to graduate college, I mean, high school, third in my class. I got into college, and I found out that because I didn't have my papers, I couldn't qualify for any student loans. And uh-huh. even though I won a lot of scholarships, they were taken back because I wasn't an American. Um, then I got into college, and I'm like, okay, I have enough for one semester, and I can figure it out. I can probably get a job somewhere and work. So as I'm applying, I began to volunteer at a nonprofit doing IT design and like IT websites and all this other stuff. And they told me, Diego, you've achieved more as a freshman than what some people do in a year. So like in six months and they wanted to hire me. And then I I apply and I also found out that I didn't have work authorization. So at the age of 19, I found myself not being able to work, not being able to drive, and not being able to get any student loans or even half of the scholarships that I could have gotten. So I was like, what the heck am I going to do where, like, I have these, these dreams, right, of achieving the American dream, but I keep on getting all these obstacles. But I've always been the person that... I used to tell myself I am the most resourceful person I know. And I've always had the mindset that the United States is a land of opportunity, but it is up to us to find it. And that is the mindset that has been able to be able to actually be able to work and then invest in properties. And now fast forward a couple of years later, I now own um, 12 properties. So it's been a crazy ride of, riding my bike everywhere until I was 22, <laughs> 23 years old to now uh, having a little bit more of the freedom that I can get from, from all, of the, uh, all of the obstacles and challenges that I've had as a dreamer. Well, see, what I admire about your story is that you recognize that there's always a way. So I love that mindset of if this particular path, for some reason, seems to have a, a block for you right now. Like, for instance, you find out nothing that you necessarily did, but just due to some, whatever it was, whether it was a paperwork error, whether it was a lapse or what have you, you find out years later that you can't get a driver's license. It sends off this cascade of things that happened Mm -hmm. as a result of something that went down when you were a child that there's no way you could have even realized happened. But you looked at the situation and you said, oh, well, okay, so I lost some of my scholarships. I'll still pay for this. Uh, And what I find 
when people get in situations like that, and I found myself that when I have faced a lot of barriers, is I find that I can excel far beyond my own expectations because I go all in with it. I'm thinking of that story from that movie. I can't remember the name of the movie, but it was about uh, it was about a high school football team, and they had this guy put on a blindfold with another guy on top of him, and they were trying to see if he could just make it halfway down the field. And he kept going and going and going, and next thing you knew, he was in the end zone. He had no idea. He had no self-belief up until that point. He had no fathom that he had it in him to crawl all the way from one end zone to the other, but he did it. And when I hear things like that you accomplished more in one semester than most people do in their entire first year, that tells me something about your ability to focus and your ability to use the mindset of when things get tough, when things become a challenge, that you just find a way. You just get there. You just mm-hmm. make it happen. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, I have the mindset that if the door of opportunity is locked, I go through the window. And yeah. that has always given me that power, you know, that no matter what, there's always a solution. There's always a way. It's just that some people quit too early before they uh, – they they just quit too early before they could look at everything that's out there. And they don't ask themselves the right questions, right? There is like, do you ask yourself, um, why is this happening to me and take the victim mentality? Or do people ask themselves, okay, this is my situation. Why is this happening for me so that you can be empowered? I want to run something by you. And if I'm completely off base, just say so, because I'm actually going to take a little bit of a risk by asking you this question. When you found yeah. out, uh, due to your, when you found out due to the, the status of your paperwork and what happened with your parents' visa and everything, that you weren't going to be able to get a driver's license, that you weren't going to get the student aid, that you weren't going to get the scholarships, you were going to have problems with uh, being in college and everything else because of your immigration status. Uh, mm-hmm. Did you? Did you know? I, I, a lot of folks in that situation, I could see, would put their entire focus on why well, I have to change I have to fix this immigration thing until then I'm stuck and I'm helpless. What I'm getting from you is and and again it's you know it's not my business it's not our listeners business what your status is now or whether you dealt with that or it's none of our business. But mm-hmm. is it possible that you said okay well I'm going to work on fixing this paperwork and I'm going to get on the passport citizenship or whatever I want to do and that's just one thing I'm going to do. In the meantime I'm going to look at how I can reach my goals anyway. I'm going to find the path that other people aren't talking about. Would that be an accurate description of your mindset and your approach? Yes. So in a sense, so right right now in uh, in 2012, uh, Obama passed an executive order that allowed the dreamers to work and drive. And at that right. point, I was graduating college. So for now – Every two years, I renew my documents, and I am allowed to be here uh, without, right. without any problem. So right. I do have, like, I, having those obstacles has also been able to push me forward and think in different perspectives, right? Because now I'm creating businesses or putting myself in a position where I can be location independent, right? And instead of... Uh-huh making all this money and and just increasing my my lifestyle and all this other stuff i decided to actually put it to work so that if at any point let's say that i cannot drive anymore and i have to be just in my bike again 
I have 12 different income streams, right? I have 12 different properties and different things that I'm doing online that I can still make make some income and a pretty good income in that sense. Um, right. So now it has taken, it has also evolved a little bit where the, you can call it the success that I've had. I've had other people asking me about it. It's like, hey, Diego, how do you get started? I want to do it too. Or, hey, Diego, now, like, I've seen your journey. How, how, like, what do you recommend I do with my money or if I want to get in real estate? So by having other people um, asking me, like, what to do and stuff like that, I'm, I've been also being able to create a course and, and, uh, and teach them. So this gives me the opportunity to be location independent because I can do it online. So to answer your question, there's definitely been things that I've been able to do and I've had to sacrifice some stuff because I've had, I've had uh, friends tell me, hey, Diego, like, why are you always investing in personal development or in going to events? And it's because like, I believe that investing in myself is one of the best investments I can do and connecting with other people because I want to leverage the mentors. I want to leverage their experience. So by me being connected with so many people that have reached a certain level of success, um, I've been able to accomplish what may have taken me 10 years or 20 years. I've been able to accomplish it in five. You know, you just and I think that that's what sets me different. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think you just hit on two key things. I heard you say the phrase a few times, location independent. And I think that's a great goal for a lot of folks. There's a paradigm that some of us were taught as we were growing up, and I certainly received a lot of this programming, that you, know, you go to college, you get a job, you find a house, you buy it, you pay your 30-year mortgage, and then you own something. Well, <laughs> you know what I mm -hmm. saw? i tell you what I saw, is I saw a lot of folks who lost out on great opportunities because over the past 15 years, and especially in today's environment, we have a lot of shifts in our economy, which are also driving demographic shifts because the nature of the careers that are available is changing, the nature of business is changing, and the nature of where the money flows is changing. And smart people recognize that sometimes you have to physically go where that is. I made that choice mm -hmm. for myself five years ago, Diego, when I decided that I needed to move towards the West Coast, uh, out in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, it's a fine city, but it wasn't the place where I needed to be for what I wanted to accomplish. I needed to be within striking range of Phoenix, Los Angeles, San Diego, and Las Vegas. I needed to be close to those four cities. So it made the mm -hmm. most sense to plant stakes in the city that's kind of in the middle of all of them, which is Las Vegas, because it's a five-hour drive to any of those other cities from Las Vegas and vice versa. So... I made that decision. I made the conscious decision that I could locate myself to where the action is. And my business and my life have been so much fuller and richer as, as a result of that. Now, when we talk about location independence, what I saw were a lot of folks who had promising career opportunities, uh, great job offers, uh, the chance to do something in business, but they couldn't pursue them. And you know the reason why? Why was that? They couldn't sell the damn house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I have, a feeling, yeah. I have a feeling you might have something to say about that in a minute. And I also just want to briefly mention, you know, you talk about having multiple streams of income. That's also a very smart thing. And I know a lot of smart entrepreneurs that may uh, be in one business, and there's teaching out there that says 
do that one thing. And I'm a believer mm-hmm. that you can have it both ways. When you start, when you start out, when you're, making, when you're planting your stake in the ground, when you're staking your claim to your success and your results, focus heavily on one thing, master it, and become wildly successful at it. Go through the struggle, make that happen. And then use that as a springboard to move into other things. Start with one and then diversify because the nature of business is some markets are up and some markets are down. For everything that goes up, everything comes down. There's always something good and there's always something bad. When you have your fingers in several different pies, your odds of being in several businesses that are in a boom cycle go up dramatically. And if one of them goes into a little bit of a bear market, so what? It'll come back. So you hit on those mm-hmm. two things. Now, yeah. I now I my understanding. I want to get a little more technical here, so our listeners can begin to understand how this all works. And I know that you have a gift for us at the end, so I know we want to save some for mm-hmm. that. But how did you actually get started with this? What you've shared with us in the first twenty minutes are obstacles that many people in this country face, and also at the same time, many can't even fathom. So even folks who didn't have to deal with the same obstacles that you've successfully overcome by going through the window when the door was locked uh, would be at a loss to how could I get started with investment properties? How could I buy a property? So how did you get started with that? Yeah, and here's what the one thing, right? It goes, it goes again by, like, asking the right questions and asking what, where the situation is right now. When I was 23 years old and I knew that I, that I was able to work, but it's just a permit that could expire at any time, I'm like, how can I decrease my expenses? And that's when I figured that I could buy a property with low money down, live, live in the master bedroom. So I bought a property with four bedrooms. I lived in the master bedroom and rented out the other three rooms to other young professionals. My mortgage uh-huh. was my mortgage was 1350 and I was renting out each room for for 550. So I was bringing in 1650 and my mortgage was getting paid for, right? So at the end of the day right. I had some extra income too and I was living for free my and the extra income was actually paying for my car payment so since the age of 24 years old which was when i bought my first property to house hack um i've been able to live for free and not have to pay a car payment from my pocket and that is what gave me the opportunity to be able to continue saving to to be able to invest in other properties and it, it was definitely a sacrifice because I had to live with with three other roommates, right? So a lot of people would say, oh, I don't want to live with roommates. I want to have my own privacy. I'm like, crap, if I could live with roommates and not have to worry about my living expenses for a couple of years, I'm completely game. Yeah, you um, in some ways may be a braver man than I. I am so far on the introvert side of the scale that just the idea of, oh, not having my own room, uh, that's not happening. Not happening. Like when I go to conferences uh-huh. and such, and people ask if I can, sh- if they can share a room with me, I say no. I'm paying for it because I need a place to get away. Now all that aside, <laughs> now all yeah. that aside, let's let's say that I bought a big house, and it was a four bedroom house. I took the master and I rented out each of those other rooms. 
hey, as long as I have my own bedroom, my own bathroom, so I can close those people off, I'm good. Oh, yeah, for I sure. Think, and I, now, think something, I think that's something that's defined as my own space. I can't have someone else sleeping in there, and i got to have control over my own remote. That's Those are just the basics. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, like, with the floor plans that there are now, um, there are, like, I I have a house where the master is downstairs. I have an office downstairs, too. And um, and then the th- there are three bedrooms upstairs with a loft, and that's where the three roommates live. So um, so it, so I have my own privacy. I have my own like whatever I want to do. Um, but it's been definitely quite a like it's been a journey of investing wisely. And the best part is I think that th- this is one of the best ways for a millennial to get started in real estate. Because yeah. you can get a single family home or even a duplex, triplex, or quadplex by putting 3% down or 5% down. So, for example, for me, I've been living for free since the age of 24, and it only cost me eight grand, right? Because that was my down payment and some closing costs. So right. it was like that little of a sacrifice. And the key thing that not many people know is that you can get one of those owner-occupant loans once a year – um, so like in a matter of four years, you can get four properties like this. So what I did is I bought my next one a year later. I moved out of that master, put a roommate in that master bedroom, and I did the same thing in another house. And then I was living uh-huh. in the other house, lived with three roommates, but now I'm making a thousand off of property one and I'm still living for free in property two. And then it becomes a snowball effect because people can continue doing that again and again. Right, and, and and to me, what that comes down to is a matter of being willing to do things for a little while that other people are not willing to do, so that later on you get to do things that they don't get to do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like what it's like what Dave Ramsey says, right? It's like if you live for for two years, like most people don't, you can live for the rest of your life, like most people won't. So I completely feel like it is that sacrifice that people have to do in the beginning, the discipline, the perseverance, that they will know that life is not a sprint, but it's a marathon, right? So if people live like this from the age of 25 to 30 or 23 to 28, um, or even in their 30s, because you can do this with a duplex, um, your, your whole life will be changed just by doing this for a couple of years. Wow. I mean, this is pretty powerful stuff. And as I said, as long as I have my own bedroom and my own bathroom, I can deal. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, and what <laughs> I tell a lot thinking. of people, I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, what I tell a lot of people too is like, listen, like, I, I'm not even American. And I've been able to like do all this. I've had to go through a lot more obstacles with the loan processes. And I had to partner up with people in some homes just because I, I wasn't able to qualify because of my immigration status. But I've been right. always been able to find a way, right? And when, right. when there's a will, there, there, there is a way. So fortunately, um, there's been a lot of people, and I was able to share my story of, let's call it, a, of like the success that I've been able to achieve. Um, I shared it on, online on Facebook, and it went viral. Because when when uh, the Trump administration decided to that they were going to terminate a program, uh, which fortunately it hasn't been terminated yet, but I made a post and that post got me on Forbes, got me on Inc, 
CNN Money, uh, Fox News, Austin, that same weekend. So it's been quite a journey yeah. of me just being able to share my story as a dreamer in teaching other people how they can become financially free. Right, Digo. I'm, I'm actually familiar with that thing that went viral. It's one of the reasons why uh, I was interested in having you on the show. And when you approach Business Creators Radio Show, I already knew who you were because I've heard your story and a few others just you know similar to it. And awesome. I think it's I think it's a wonderful thing that we have so many great people in this country that want to positively contribute. You know, and I myself you know would like to see all this stuff resolved too. The Business Creators Radio Show is obviously in a political outlet so we don't get much into that but you know I'll say for, for sure. my own I'll say for my own sake that you know when I hear stories like yours I find it inspirational and I'm a big believer just I'm going to speak personally that regardless of whatever hype you see in the media very few things are actually accurately reported there's so much slanting and there's so much bias and when we can bring people together and we can have conversations we can get to know people as people so there may be some folks who saw your viral story and said yeah whatever get out you don't belong here that, that could have happened and there might have mm -hmm. been those who caught the opposite set of feels which is we have to do whatever we need to do for this man right now i think that you take all that and set that aside we will solve more problems in the world regardless of the context when we get, can get to know individuals and their stories, you're a person, you have a story, and your entire trajectory, as I see it, at least what you've shown to me in the 30 minutes we've been together, has been two things. Um, meeting challenges and finding new opportunities. As you said, when the door's locked, you go through the window. And a constant and persistently consistent pattern of looking for ways to serve the world and to create opportunities for others so that you leave things better than you found it. Is that, is that you know, from your perspective, something that's in alignment with something that you would believe? That's 100%. That's 100%. And being able to just bring awareness and, and getting, for, for me, one, one of the things that gets me excited is when people hit that, like, that, sites that they'd be like, oh, wow, I don't have to be stuck in the rat race. Like, that's what right. gives me the fulfillment to continue sharing my story. Right. And I, and I think that's great. And I think, and what we're also seeing more and more of, and I'm seeing a lot more business coaches that I know personally address this, is the issue of the side hustle. There may be folks who either don't see themselves being able to move away from the corporate world or may find that they really just enjoy being corporate warriors. They love the corporate hustle. At the same time, they also want to have some entrepreneurial things happening. Like I can think of folks, I can think of one gentleman personally, actually, who likes the idea that he has a very well-paying corporate job. He's at the director level. He's in the low six figures in his salary. And he likes the fact that he can spend his entire, entire paycheck because he's got other businesses, he's got other level, you know, he's got other streams of income coming in, and he is currently on a path where if he just continues his current trajectory, by the time he retires in 21 years, he'll have seven million dollars in the bank. That's awesome. That's he awesome. Loves and his, the cool he part loves, here, he loves his job. He loves his job. He's staying in his job. He's not quitting his job. But he's got other things going on. And your mm -hmm. model is something that I think someone like that could study and learn from. 
for sure, because this is something that people can do part-time. And at the end of the day, it gives you the choice. And that's what I like to teach people is that the money, right? The, the money doesn't give you, it doesn't bring you happiness, uh, but it gives you the options and the choices to either work and stay at your job or to leave your job and do another thing. But at the end of the day, it makes us have the freedom rather than being forced to go to work because you have to pay for the new car that you just bought and everything that you financed and the brand new TV and the sofas and everything that you bought. For me, it's more of giving them a choice. And that's what gets me excited. I think that's fantastic. And I'd like to hit on another point too is I believe, as you said, it gives people confidence actually. So, Let's say that you are in a career and you like the you like the idea of working for a company, you like the career path you're on, and but you know you're finding that you're not real happy in your current job, the position you have right now, the company you work for. Without having those multiple streams of income, you're dependent on that one paycheck. And mm-hmm. what that then leads when that, that that then leads to is you end up tolerating a lot of things that human beings should never have to tolerate. However, when you're in that job and it's like, you know what, I uh, I made $9,000 off my rental properties last month, so I'm not going to put up with this crap. If this means I'm out of work for three months, hey, I'll eat. What does mm-hmm. that do? What does that do for your confidence to be able to go to work, make sure that you are treated fairly, and make sure that you have every opportunity to give everything you have to be a positive contributor to your workplace? Yeah, at that point, so what I feel is everybody gets the benefit of that because you get more fulfilled, you're happy doing what you want to do rather than what you have to do, and the company that you're working at, if, if they're getting the best of you because you want to do it, then they're also happy too because you're being productive and uh, and you're being able to focus and growing that company. So I say that if everybody had a level of financial independence and they chose to continue working at their job, I feel like they will be more productive and be able to output more as a company overall. Right. Very. Yeah. That. That. I think that's very true. Now, here's another thing that comes to mind, and we're going to get into millennials here in just a moment because I know this is very important for the millennial and they're building financial freedom. Uh, I am noticing, and I alluded to this earlier when I said that I knew people that had to pass up on great opportunities for business and life because they couldn't sell the damn house. And mm-hmm. I didn't have that problem because I've never owned a house. Way I, mm-hmm. I'm from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I lived there for the first 36 years of my life, actually almost 37 years of my life. And I knew for many years I didn't really want to be there. I just hadn't decided what the next chapter of my life was going to be. In 2013, I said, you know what? It's Las Vegas. We're going. We're out of here. That was the decision I made. But it took a few years to get there. In the meantime, I didn't, I didn't know where I wanted to go, but I knew I didn't want to be in Pittsburgh, so I wasn't buying a house. Why? So I'd have to sell it and have my life get cramped up? I mean, and even today here in Las Vegas, things are going very well for me, and I have some stakes in the community. I'm involved with some organizations. I have places I go. I have friends. I have everything that a person's supposed to have. But I also know that maybe Las Vegas isn't the answer either. I don't know that yet. I like it here, but I haven't said I'm spending my whole life. So why would I buy a place? 
it doesn't make sense to me unless I was looking to have investments in Las Vegas, which is an option. So that in mind, here's what mm-hmm. occurs to me about your model. is because our population in this country is becoming more, you may want to use the word nomadic, N-O-M-A-D-I-C. You may also want to say that they are just less inclined to buy property than they've been in generations past. That creates an awesome opportunity because people are looking for great rentals, safe neighborhoods, newer, modern buildings, comfortable, great places to live, and that creates an opportunity for investors such as yourself to provide that for people. And because fewer people are buying houses, that opens up the market for investors like yourself. That's just what occurred to me as we've been, I've been listening to everything you've been saying. Yeah, for for sure. And at the end of the day, I mean, a lot of my tenants, a lot of my roommates, they have they're making sixty, eighty, and one was making over a hundred thousand uh, dollars a year, uh, and they had, they had great cars and everything. It's just that they didn't want to spend a thousand dollars or two thousand dollars to rent an apartment. They wanted to live in a room, pay six hundred bucks, and be able to travel whenever they want to. And right. it was cool that I was able to give them that choice, right? Because then I'm also willing, I'm also able to travel whenever I want to, uh, because I don't want because I don't have any living expenses in that sense. Um, and they're able to do it because it's so it it's such a small amount for 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 them. And what that gets me is whenever they want to move out, I have like it's it's a lot easier to get young professionals um, to be able to rent out that house. Oh, for sure. For sure. I, mm-hmm. I agree with you wholeheartedly. I, I, I tell a quick little story that explains what this really all boils down for me is back when I was living in Pittsburgh, we have a, you know, or back there, they have a temperate climate. They have a real winter and a real summer. And mm-hmm. it was the end of January. It was the day before I needed to fly out to go to a conference. And that morning, my hot water heater broke. Okay, I'm going to be out of town for five days. And the morning before, in the dead of winter, my hot water heater broke. Not a good situation. Because if I just, I could say, oh, you know what, I'll just uh, just go away for five days. I'll take a shower at the gym that next morning, and then I'll have to deal with the hot water heater. Because I just can't, I can't do this because I have to be on a plane at 630 tomorrow morning. As a homeowner, if I didn't have the resources to deal with having my hot water heater repaired or replaced, that could have been a lot of time out of my day. So here's how I mm-hmm. solved it. I picked up the telephone. I dialed the management company that owned the, the apartment. I left a voicemail. I swear, I'm not even sure if I had actually clicked the button to end the call, and there was already a knock on my door, and they had the dolly with the new hot water heater on it. Yeah. To me, that's, to me, that's what renting is all about. If, uh, if uh, something breaks, Somebody will fix it because it's the value of their property that's at stake for them. So they will be prompt in making sure that it's a great experience for me because they want me to stay as a tenant for as long as possible. And they want the value, both the actual value and the perceived value by Yelp ratings of the community to remain as high as possible so they can continue to charge the higher rents. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And, I mean, it works both ways, right? Um, as an owner – as a business owner, and what I like to tell a lot of people is one of the first things that you want to do 
to begin house hacking. And that's what I call it. Um, when, when you live for free, whether you buy a single family home or a multifamily, is when you begin house hacking, the first thing that you want to do is set up your team of resources. And that is your realtor, your lender, your inspector, and some handyman. And if you work right. with an investor-friendly realtor, they will already have those resources. They already have the contractors. So what you just need to do is just have a list of three to four people, um, and then whenever something does happen, you can call them, and, and those will be your trusted resources. And because they can be referred by other investors or by, by other people, then you know that they'll do a good job. Great. So let's translate this to millennials because we are dealing with uh, not only a very unique segment of our population, but a, pop, but a segment of our population that is spearheading a fundamental shift in our overall culture that is fast becoming the number one demographic in the workplace and in the culture today. So when it comes to considerations of millennials, I guess my first question for you is, uh, what would you tell a millennial who wants to get started in real estate? What I would tell a millennial would be to focus on getting to first base rather than trying to hit a home run on your first couple of properties or your first property. Okay. Yeah, because right. I feel like there are people that a lot of people just learn or get educated and get educated, but they never pull the trigger. And I feel like the more action that you take, the more that you will learn. So that's number one. And just be able to just be able to buy something now as quickly as possible. That's that's a good deal. I wouldn't tell them, hey, go get in debt and buy buy a house where you're gonna lose money. But if if they focus on finding a good deal, a great deal, I feel like that will help them be able to get to their goals faster. Because I call people, I say, hey, Diego, I want to learn what you're doing. And then they're two, three years later, and there's, they still haven't pulled the trigger because they feel like they haven't found a good deal uh, because they are focusing on just hitting the home run. And while they've been waiting three years, I already own five, six properties or more. Right. And, mm -hmm. I, and if I were in your situation, I might argue that since one of the things we see in the millennial culture is a sense of wanting to have more control over your life, more independence, that taking this path is a way to get there. Yeah, for sure. And I will let them know that also, like, this is not a, like, house hacking. It's a short-term, it's a short-term solution or short-term sacrifice or way of investing that will change your life in the long term. Because now, for example, if I sell my properties now or, or if I want to kick out the roommates, let's say, uh, once their lease is done and I just want to put a family there to make my life a little bit easier, quote unquote, I'm still able to make money and the property is still getting paid off and, uh, and I'm being able to reap the rewards a couple of years later. Right. And I, and I think that, I think that's all very, very powerful. So, uh, where where would you go from here, Diego? I mean, you uh, I think you've been at this for what about four, three, four years right now, and you have a number of properties, and I think you're you may be at a point where 
you know, you are making at least $5,000 a month in this, which you know, five times 12 is $60,000. There are families of six that live on less than that. So you're doing pretty good here. But, you know, I mean, do you, continue, do you see yourself continuing to buy one house at a time and then jump into the next house? Or do you see another vision that may be coming up? Yeah, so what what's good right now is that I have been able to um, continue investing in other properties. So I live in Austin, Texas, but I've been able to buy uh, multiple properties in Florida. And now I'm also um, getting involved with doing Airbnbs. So now I also bought a studio in Tennessee in the Gatlinburg area, and now I'm also under contract on two small cabins. So I'm getting my feet wet on, on Airbnb and growing my portfolio um, based on single-family homes, um, duplexes to quadplexes, and also some, some small Airbnb rentals. In the future, I would say that maybe I'll get involved with like six to eight plexes or maybe even more, uh, but for now, I'm really happy with with the way that I'm going, and the goal is to get my passive income to a little bit over ten thousand dollars. Or, well, the goal is to get it to eight thousand three hundred and thirty-three dollars a month, which equals a hundred thousand dollars a year. I want to get to that by age thirty. Yeah, and I and I, th- and I think yeah. that's great. Um, speaking of Airbnb, mm-hmm. wow, you have a property and then you sign up with Airbnb and it helps you keep the rooms full. In fact, every time I go to Phoenix, there's this one particular Airbnb I always try and get. It's actually an entire city block full of these little three-bedroom houses that are owned by this enterprising young couple. And these little square houses are actually like a marvel of engineering. On the outside, they look tiny, but then when you get inside, it's actually a full three-bedroom house with three real bedrooms, two bathrooms, a full living room, a dining room, and a kitchen with a back porch and a front porch and a yard. And they, they look like these real little houses. And they just have a whole row full of these. And I can get an entire house for the night for less than I'd pay at the chain hotel. So I always try and go mm-hmm. for these. So I'm thinking, wow, this Airbnb, 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 huh? Uh, Shouldn't everybody be doing this? Just buy a house and sign up for Airbnb? What do we need to know? I mean, at the end of the day, it just depends really how you want to do it. And because there might be events, right, that, for example, here in Austin, there's ACL, there is Formula One, and then there is uh, South by Southwest. So even if people decide to just buy their own house just for them, But if they are able to put their home on Airbnb for those big events and people are paying $500 a night for a house, um, so I feel like it will be totally doable if you are able to do this, just imagine, just five or ten times in one year, you can pay for like half the mortgage that will take, like let's say that your mortgage is $1,500 a month, you're able to pay more than half of that for the entire year just by Airbnb a couple of weekends a year. So the opportunity there, it's incredible. You just have to be able to maybe like, maybe you will plan to visit your family in another state 
while that event is going on if you're not going to go to that event, right? Um, so be able to plan it that way because that's what a lot of people do because it happens, for example, in Austin, South by Southwest is usually spring break from the schools. So whenever the families leave, they just Airbnb the house for the people that are here for South by, and then they make they make tons of money that way. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So it definitely gives them a way to to like to make some passive income without having to sacrifice much. Right. Right. Because as I see it, one of the benefits of Airbnb is because people are looking for a place to stay in that town, it will help keep the rooms full. But I'm just thinking, are there any drawbacks to this? Because when you think about it, buy a house and fill it with Airbnb. Why isn't everybody doing that? Like why? Like why am I not going out and doing that this afternoon? Is there is there any is there anything that could be like a gotcha that we need to look out for that we need to be cognizant of? Well, I mean, at the end of the day, it's just understanding that if it's if it's going to be a property that you're going to be buying as an investment property, you'll need twenty percent. Right. So that's okay. what some people. Um, like if it's solely as an investment, but if you're going to live in the property, you can buy it with an FHA loan or by putting three to five percent down with a conventional loan. That is totally doable. Um, you just have to make sure that in those areas that you are allowed to um, to do Airbnb without a problem, and then just go out there and do it. But a lot of people they're just like afraid of the unknown, and then later they create excuses too. Oh right, yeah, and I remember what you said earlier. I mean, you can get a, you can get. I think you said you can put three percent down if the way you're going about it is you're buying the property, but you're actually living in it. Regardless if you're renting out the other three rooms, if you're living in it, mm-hmm. then you can then you can do three percent. But if you're doing as a straight up investment property, then you're looking at twenty percent. And this probably okay. explains an Airbnb situation that I got into a couple years ago when I was visiting Los Angeles and I rented a room in an Airbnb instead of the, uh, the one of the LAX corridor hotels. And, and uh, there was this young couple, very enterprising entrepreneurial couple. And it turns out that they run seminars and such things. And they were living in one room of the house uh, in the master bedroom, but they had two other rooms being rented. Now I think I see what they were doing. Their intention was to have that entire property as a rental, but they realized they needed to stay in there for what did you say at least one year to uh, to qualify for that three percent? Yeah, exactly. So yeah, so by staying there for one year, renting out two out of the three bedrooms, and just sucking it up for a year, they were basically saving themselves a seventeen percent down payment on an investment property. Yeah, and now at the I end of the it. day, I mean. You can sacrifice a little bit, but it's totally worth it. Totally worth it. Yeah, because because I'll tell you, when I spoke with them, it didn't really quite make sense to me why they were doing it. It seemed like they were. Uh, it seemed like their business was doing a lot better than that, and it seemed like they had a lot more on the ball. But see, what you've done for me, Diego, is you've demystified something. They probably are doing quite well, and they're probably doing even better because they lived in their own Airbnb for a year. Yeah. For sure, for sure. Now I get and, it. And it gives them the flexibility to, because like now that they have their payments, their mortgage getting paid by other people through Airbnb or by renting other rooms, either way, 
um, because I rent them out to young professionals for like um, for between three to six months or even a year lease is it gives me or it will give that person the possibility to just go out there and travel and be able to experience different things that before money would be an issue and now it's not. Right. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. So we're getting near, we're getting near the top of our time here. And I heard you use a phrase earlier on. I'd like to explore this a little bit. I think it basically encapsulates everything that we've talked about up until now. And I know that you have a resource for us. It'll help people take it to a higher level. And uh, that is the term house hacking. I love that mm -hmm. term house hacking. I think it's great. Uh, you know, uh, you know, we, we talk about apps and hacking things. And I say to people all the time, you know, you have an app inside your head. It's that thing between your ears and you can hack the living hell out of that thing. It's the most powerful computer ever built. So, uh, Hacking houses, and what mm -hmm. I love about this, and before we had we began this interview today, Diego, I was checking out your stuff, and I went to your website, househackingclub.com, and I saw your headline, and it says, how would you feel if you didn't have to pay a rent payment or a house payment again in your life? Now, my rent's due in three days. This is sounding pretty interesting to me. And... Yeah. Yeah. If I were to buy a house, and, and part of the reason I don't own a house, uh, aside from the fact that I haven't quite decided this is where I want to plant my stakes, the other thing is, do I really want to deal with a house payment? And you've <laughs> answered those questions for us. So what yeah. I'd like to do now, what I'd like to do now is just tell us a little bit more if there's anything else we need to know about this house hacking concept and how you serve business creators and what you have available for us if we want to take it to the next level. For sure, for sure. So the website is househackingclub.com, and I'm always the person that likes to create a movement, and that's why I call it House Hacking Club, because I want to make sure that people feel comfortable like sharing their stories and be able to connect with people with the same mindset. So I have right. the website House Hacking Club where um, your, your audience can go and check out they can download a free ebook where I walk them through the steps. Um, and then they can also see a 24 minute video where I walk them like through the entire house hacking process and how I've been able to, to go from one property to owning 12. Um, and then I also have a Facebook group that's completely free uh, where I give, I jump on there and go once a week and just give out a video, give free content. And there's been people that have been sharing their stories about doing this, uh, people that didn't think that they could share what they wanted to do because their parents or their families thinking that they're crazy, their friends are thinking that they're crazy, but they can come to a community and be like, wow, I'm with my people that want to build passive income. So it's super cool um, to, to have been able to share, to be able to create something for the millennials and for anybody that wants to achieve financial freedom. Great, great, great. And we can find that at uh, www.househacking.com, I believe, househacking.com. So, Househacking Club. Actually, no, rather, House I, I, I was just getting ready to say, I apologize, househackingclub.com. So mm -hmm. I, I got to say, this has been one of the more interesting. All of our interviews are great, but some of them are just truly entertaining and inspiring. And I've got to say, Diego, this is 
one of them. So uh, on behalf of all of us here at the Business Creators Radio Show, all of our listeners and all of our business creators, I want to thank you, Diego Corzo, for being with us today. It's been an honor and for me very much an education. Thank you very much for having me here, too. It's been a pleasure to share my story, and I hope that your audience enjoys it. All right. For everybody listening, this is Adam Homie, host of the Business Creators Radio Show. Please check out our, please check out our previous and our upcoming episodes at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com, where we help you win at the game of business and marketing so you thrive from the intersection of your brilliance and your passion. Until next time, have a great day. Take care.